So our reading this evening is Luke 23, uh, beginning at verse 1. Luke 23, beginning at verse 1, and that can be found on page 1059 of the Church Bibles. Then the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. But they insisted. He stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee and has come all the way here. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. When he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased because for a long time he'd been wanted to see him. From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform a sign of some sort. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there, vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him. Dressing him in an elegant robe, they sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they'd been enemies. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers and the people and said to them, You bought me this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence, and I have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he has sent him back to us. As you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and release him. But the crowd shouted, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he spoke to them, Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for. 
and surrendered Jesus to their will. Thank you very much, Anna. Well, good evening, everybody. It's love to see you all. Uh, we're now, what, 6.58? Don't worry, it won't be more than a couple of hours, so it's fine. Um, no, let's, um, let's pray as we begin this evening. Father, we thank you for this uh, familiar uh, story. Uh, and Father, we pray this evening as we look at these words again, as we look at them uh, as we lead up to Christmas, that you may speak afresh to us, that we may gain a, a fresh joy in what you achieved for us on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, one of the things I love about Christmas uh, is all of the, the movies like the Christmas movies, because there's loads, aren't they? Now, it, it, it used to be uh, that at Christmas time, that's the time when all the, the premieres would come on. So growing up as a kid, you know, I used to, we used to record them on the, you know, the tapes. Remember those, the tapes? Uh, and so my movies of Watch Out the Year had Christmas adverts on, like, because you'd record it at Christmas time, and you know, that's when you'd watch them. Uh, and still, there's still lots of good films, but since you know, DVDs and streaming services, they, they, the premieres don't quite happen anymore. But there are lots of movies. And if you watch lots of movies, then you, you sort of see that there's often a familiar-ish story to a lot of them. You know, there's the, the good guy in the situation, and the, the bad guy comes. They have, uh, the bad guy has some sort of, um, in, sort of you know, seemingly impossible situation. And at the last moment, the good guy wins, or the good guy sweeps in to, to save the day. Well, if we were to take uh, our reading tonight as a, as a story, as a unit in of itself, we don't see that. We don't see the good guy win. We see the forces of evil just have their way as it sort of just works almost assuredly to Jesus' end. Now, uh, if you uh, were here last week um, with Don preaching, he, he had this uh, painting uh, all about Jesus' uh, time at the high priests. Uh, he'd been arrested, uh, taken from the garden, and now uh, taken in uh, to the, the courtyard of the, of the house of the high priest. Uh, he was mocked. Uh, he was uh, just uh, set upon. Uh, and then finally, uh, they decided that they wanted him killed. But they had a problem, because they weren't able to do it. And so they had to go to this man. Uh, they had to go to Pilate. Uh, they had to take him along uh, for him to do their dirty work. But they knew that if they went to Pilate and said, uh, we've got this man, Jesus, uh, we want him killed because he's the son of God, or claiming to be the son of God, Pilate would go, and? that He's not going to do anything. So they know that they have to tell Pilate that this man is guilty of charges that are going to sort of you know, be of more interest uh, to him. Uh, so they say, uh, verse 2, uh, we found uh, this man, and notice actually uh, they say, they don't say Jesus, they say this man, this one. 
Uh, we, we found this one uh, uh, subverting the nation. He, he's causing an uprising. He's causing an insurrection. Uh, we found uh, this one saying that you, you shouldn't pay taxes to Caesar, which, of course, if you've been with us on Luke, we know that's not true. Uh, Luke 20, 25, Jesus says, pay to Caesar. What is Caesar's? Uh, and then they say, oh, uh, and we found this one uh, who, who's claiming to be a king. And it's that last one that pricks Pilate's ear. And so he says, verse 3, are you a king? Just a question. Just the one that gets his attention. Are you a king? And then Jesus says, well, you've said so. And it's a response which is sort of accepting that what Pilate said is true. Uh, but it's also a response which is not really saying, I'm here to overthrow the government. It's not like saying, I, I am, and what are you going to do about it? Kind of response. It's just for saying, you have said so. It's true. But it's a sort of response that sort of Pilate understands to know he's not trying to overthrow the Roman authorities. And so then... And I, we should say that Luke is quite quick in his account of this. If we read the other Gospels, like John, we, we see much more extended uh, talking between Pilate and Jesus. Whereas here we have a very short, just to the point, verse 4. I found no basis for charge against this man. He's innocent. Luke gives us the facts. Now after this uh, discussion, Pilate says he's innocent. You know, the the bullies in the playground have brought their playground trial to the teacher and the teacher said, look, this is ridiculous. He's innocent. This should be the end of the story. The story should end here. The grown-up has spoken. But verse 5, but they insisted. But they insisted. He stirs up the people. All over Judah by his teaching. He started in Galilee and now he's come all the way over here. But maybe when they said that, they actually overplayed their hand a little bit. Because they say, oh, because Pilate hears the word Galilee. Now, now, in that time, the Romans were in charge of uh, the whole area, but they did sort of delegate responsibility to certain rulers and kings. And, and Herod was one of those people. Uh, He was responsible for Galilee. Uh, And Pilate knows that. And and, uh, Pilate has no doubt uh, seen Herod because he's actually in Jerusalem at this point. We don't know why. Maybe for the Passover, but he's there. But Pilate knows he's there. Uh, And so he hears this and he thinks two things. Uh, The first is, well, this is a way of me, uh, you know, clearing my entry. I don't want to deal with this mess. I can pass it to Herod. And he can kind of, you know, convince them. Uh, but secondly, we know from verse 12 that the pirate and Herod didn't get on. Now, and Pilate's shrewd enough to know that to, to run a city well, you want your leaders on your side. So I wonder if part of it actually was him sort of, uh, sort of showing a, you know, a, a reverence to Herod. And so we know actually it works. Verse 12, after this point, Pilate and Herod became friends. So anyway, Pilate says, go to Herod, and he's only ten minutes away. 
Uh, and then we get to Herod's. Grown up number two. Uh, again, someone else had to make a decision. And, uh, and when we see, verse 8, when Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased. Why? Well, because for a long time, he wanted, he'd been wanting to see him from what he heard about him. He hoped to see him perform some sort of sign. Herod wants to see Jesus, not because he really wanted to listen to Jesus or, or come to Jesus. He wanted him to perform a sign, like some sort of performing monkey. He didn't really care about Jesus. I mean, let, let's be clear, if Herod wanted to speak to Jesus, he had plenty of chances to do that. But now they're together, he plies him with questions. And Jesus says absolutely nothing. Jesus won't consider conversing with Herod. He knows that Herod won't change his mind. It's not worth it. He's completely silent. And just as an aside at this point, actually, it's worth remembering that Herod is a warning to us. Uh, it may be that actually we say, oh, I don't need to worry about uh, looking to Jesus, listening to Jesus. I can do that another time. But the warning is maybe that time might be too late. Now, don't put it off. Uh, come to Jesus uh, now. But as I said, Jesus is completely silent. The only sound that is heard in Herod's palace is the quiet question of Herod to Jesus. And, verse 9, the accusing of those teach the law again, just getting at them, getting at them, getting at them, getting at them. Just shouting insult, shouting accusation. And what does Herod think? Well, he doesn't take it seriously. They begin to mock Jesus. They, they put a robe on him. They, they pretend he's a king. And then... Sends him back to grown-up number one. Back to Pilate. And then Pilate receives Jesus. And he says, verses 13 and 14. He called the people together in verse 14. He said, you brought this man to me. This man, saying this man was inciting the people to rebellion. I've examined him in your presence. And again, I find no basis the charge against him. And neither is Herod. The grown-ups in the room think he's innocent. Grown-up number one, Pilate, says he's innocent. Grown-up number two, Herod, uh, has sent him back saying uh, he's innocent. But, but because you've got a problem with him, what I will do is, I'll have him beaten. This wasn't kind of a, uh, you know, I'll discipline him, I'll give him a verbal warning. Now, this would have been a cruel, barbaric beating. Yeah, Pilate's saying, look, this man is innocent, but, verse 16, I will punish him, and then I'll release him. But... Verse 18, 
the whole crowd shouted. The grown-ups in the room are saying he's innocent, but the crowd keep shouting. The whole crowd say, we don't want this man, Uh, we want Barabbas. Now, as we said, Luke does a a very quick uh, account of the story, but, but what we sort of pick up from other Gospels is that again, that Pilate is looking for a way uh, to get out of the situation. He tried sending him to, to Herod, didn't work. He tried beat, having him beaten and then released, didn't work. And so now his, his plan is to kind of uh, release him on the sly. Uh, because there's a, a tradition that at this time of year, at sort of Passover time, a prisoner could be released. Uh, so Pilate thinks, well, what I'll do is, I'll pick a prisoner and they can choose between the two. Uh, So he doesn't pick a hero of the people. He picks uh, the worst person possible. uh, The one that people hate. uh, The person who was actually guilty of the crimes they were accusing Jesus of. The one who really has murdered. The one who really is uh, abhorrent in the sight of the people. Uh, And he, he sets these two people up. And just imagine what, what that experience would have been like for Barabbas. I mean, he would have been in his cell day by day, waiting for the day when they would uh, grab him and take him to the cross. And then he's in his cell and he hears uh, the crowd growing. The crowd that hate him. You can imagine thinking, is this the day? The, the bolt gets unlocked. The, the guard rushes in, uh, treats him with the same manner as he's normally treated. Picked up, grabbed, pushed outside. And he sees the crowd and he hears them shouting, crucify, crucify. And his head, he thinks, this is it. But at that moment, as he looks at the crowd, he notices that their eyes are not on him, but on another. What's it going through his head? He then hears Pilate say, look, no, this man is innocent. He says again, I'll beat him and release him. Uh, But then the crowd he hears say, no, we want this man killed. With loud shouts, verse 23. With loud shouts. They insistently demand that he, the one who Pilate has said is innocent, be crucified. And then with seven words, six in Greek, so Pilate decided to grant that demand. Jesus' fate is sealed. And this man, Barabbas, verse 25, again notice he's not called Barabbas. The man who'd been thrown to prison for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for, is freed. This is not fair. This is not fair. Why is this happening? The crowds were, were cheating and lying and pushing. Uh, Pilate was spineless and didn't do anything. Herod just didn't care. 
Why is this happening? Why isn't the hero winning? Well, he is. He is. Luke 9, verse 21. Verse 22, sorry. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. He must be killed and on the third day raised to life. Luke 9, verse 44. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. Luke 18, verse 32 and 33. The Son of Man, he will be handed over to the Gentiles. They'll mock him, insult him, spit on him. They will flog him, kill him. And on the third day, he'll rise again. Luke, as we read this account, wants us to feel that this is an utter tragedy. This is a miscarriage of justice. What is happening is not right and not fair. But he also wants us to know that this is not the tale of an unstoppable evil that's just marching on, doing what it will, but the tale of an unstoppable God whose love cannot be contained as he's determined to follow the Father's plan. Imagine how Barabbas felt as he, the one who deserved death, was chosen for life. And the one who he heard was innocent was chosen death. See, this, this story, though, is not simply, uh, it is about an exchange, but it's not simply uh, about an exchange of Barabbas for Jesus. It's the story of how Jesus stepped in for each one of us. Because the truth is, I am Barabbas. This one. I'm the one who is guilty. I'm the one who has not walked in the way I should. I'm the one who has done those things that I ought not to have done. I'm the one who has not loved the Lord my God with all my heart, who has not loved my neighbour as myself. I'm the one... Who deserves death. But in this moment, Jesus swaps. And the one who deserves death is given life. And he did that gladly for you and for me. This Christmas, we're reminded again of the babe who came in the manger, but the baby whose destiny 
was the cross. Whose destiny it was to come to do that. And it's my prayer for myself and for you that actually this Christmas again, as we hear those uh, same old stories, as we hear those, uh, those comforting tales uh, of the virgin who's with child, who travels from Nazareth to Bethlehem, uh, the one who the shepherds came to worship, as we hear that, we remember he is the one who would stand to be crucified. He is the one who deserved life but was chosen for death. And he did that for you and for me. So as we move into our festive season, we do that with the greatest truth in our ears. So that when we say, Happy Christmas. It is far, far better than we could ever imagine. Happy Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this determination of the Lord Jesus to carry out his plan. We thank you that he did that for each of us. That the love he showed was immeasurable. And we pray this Christmas, as we move into this festive period again, that you may give us a fresh appreciation and joy and marvel of the baby who came into the world, who was born to die. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.